It's time for the No Shot Clock Podcast. We're talking the biggest stories in Illinois high school basketball. Now, here are your hosts, Michael O'Brien of the Chicago Sun-Times and Joe Hendrickson of the City Suburban Boost Report. So two of the year, Mike, already here. we um, Our first one, we broke down the top 25 teams in the Chicago area. Michael O'Brien, Super 25. We're going to look a little deeper beyond the top 25 in this episode. Some sleepers or some teams that we think time to keep an eye on, even if they weren't in the top 25. Uh, we're also going to talk a little bit about the storylines for this upcoming year that Mike and I are anxiously awaiting to develop and play out and we'll take a sneak peek real quick at the week ahead big week thanksgiving week uh thanksgiving tournaments some we got some well, early season showdown in the public league so uh mike we got a busy week ahead of us yep it's exciting i just got to get these darn football semifinals out of the way on saturday and then uh we'll be that's, back at it that's true i forgot you got to <laughs> Do the grind yeah. of the football. An hour, wait, tw- wait, a week and one hour from right now, Joliet West for St. Rita will be tipping off in Washington, Illinois. Hmm. Oh, Sounds boy. Like a, yeah, <laughs> I mean, you've got, well, we'll talk a little bit about that. Yeah, we'll head to that. First, I want to get in. I'm I'm really excited about this first storyline we're going to talk about. Um, it's kind of just a general catch-all. The rest of the state, I mean, I think it's a, it's a hard stone cold fact that high school basketball is more fun. Oh when, yes. When the whole state's involved. hundred percent. And boy, do we have that this year? I think everybody that really pays attention is aware of the, the three, a um, situation. St. Uh, Sacred Heart Griffin, you know, uh, one state with an all junior lineup. Yep. That's pretty awesome. So uh, I did some check-in and they're all back. <laughs> there was yeah. no, uh, I didn't no want to like, exactly. I didn't want to go, you know, half cocked, <laughs> just saying they're all back. So I checked, they're all back. Um, Metamora, you know, who beat Simeon and played in the title game also, you know, has most of the team back um, and also had some interesting young guys that were contributing on that team that weren't even starters. Obviously Simeon has a ton back. Um, so does Rita. So the whole, or sorry, St. Ignatius, the whole three class three, a group is, primed to return and then there's east st louis lumen um i i want to get joe's take on that because he saw a lot of those guys over the um spring and summer how good is east st louis joe i love that team you know and back to your point earlier you know two teams that state champion state trophies top two teams and that's that's outside the chicago area just as you said it just makes it a more fun season yeah, when, when you can look around the state. But East St. Louis, Michaela Rich is a dynamic athletic freak. Uh six 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 seven headed to Missouri. You know, he is uh on Kansas State. My bad. Sorry. Uh Michaela Rich is is just a player who's he's an all stater. I mean, that's that's what he is. So you know, they've got size, length, they got Antoine Robinson, a shooting guard who's also a division one kid. So I think East St. Louis will be the team in the in the southern part of the state. So now I'm trying to fit it together. So it's going to be the we're going to have the same super sectionals as we did last year. So 
I don't remember. Who would East St. Louis be in place of? Ooh. Is it Simeon? Is hey. that a super? I think it might be. I'm pulling it up as we talk. Yeah, but, um... we should have checked this out. But yeah, because obviously there's going to be. I mean, so last year it was somehow Metamora and Sigurd I would think. Griffin were able to I get would them. think it'd have to knock one of them out, wouldn't it? I don't understand how they're both there to begin with. Well, they are pretty close. <laughs> so yeah, that's why I'm not kind of confused um, by it all. But I, I, but I've also been told there's going to be some serious shuffling this year with sectionals and oh no that's next year you sure it's a, yeah it's a two-year thing and this is year two so sacred heart griffin beat east st louis in the super ah okay so i'm so yeah I, i'm almost positive that this is a two, it's the two years everything's the same there's no success factor next year we're gonna have a hugely different deal um because everything rebooted since there was no playoffs for two years and it's, it's a two-year deal so yeah it's going to be the same so that means only one of those can get to state so we could have the defending champs against east st louis in a super so well, and, and and you also got st ignatius back well exactly and so we're gonna have you could theoretically have the exact same four teams exactly Me- yeah. metamora simeon st ignatius they're all favorites with the outlier being east st louis being a really a, a much better team than they were a year ago. But I mean, what um, an exciting 3A field that would be. I mean, and then you got Moline in 4A. Moline yeah. with one of my favorite players in the state, Brock Harding, a point guard headed to Iowa, and then obviously the transfer from Bradley Bourbonnet that uh, really adds to that. When you can add a uh, a player like Owen Freeman, six foot nine, six ten, well, legit six ten, athletic. Yeah, they're Moline's loaded. And we are fortunate, Mike, that Moline will be coming to the Chicago area twice, back-to-back weekends uh, in late January. They're coming to, when sides collide to take on Simeon, which is, you know, you're talking maybe the best 4A and best 3A teams in the state. And then I, um, back the following weekend to play in another shootout. I, uh, I'm going to put you on the spot, Joe, if you don't mind. Yes. <laughs> Where would you rank? In the Super 25, Moline Mo- and East St. Louis. Moline, without questions, top five. No, no doubt about it. I think they would push top three. Oh, uh, okay. Well, I, I just think they're going, they had that summer. Anybody that saw them in the summertime saw a team that was just kind of getting used to each other, you know, getting accustomed to the Freemans who just arrived. He's got a brother as well. Uh, you know, so that was not indicative of, I think, what they'll become. And you give me a point guard like Brock Hardy in, in, in state tournament time and a well-coached team, I just think they're really going to be a special group. East St. Louis, top 12, top 10. Okay. Yep. So, and, you know, I never keep – you're away from us talking about them being a state title contender, Mike, but normal. Normal has three juniors yeah. that are all Division One prospects who well, just all juniors. So they're they're probably a year away from being um, you know, how we're talking about these other teams right now. And they're they're four A, right? They're they're four A. Yeah, that's what I thought. All right. So yep. is there anybody else 
in foray other than Moline that you think could make a I mean I I think it'd be a it'd be hard pressed to 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 come up with one that can make a legitimate run and like a, to get to Champagne. Yep. Cuz uh, the Rockford school Rockford's got hit by yeah. some departures <laughs> uh um, the transfer bug, yes. Yeah. So okay. All right, that yeah that's what I had yeah, pretty much surmised as well. So so 3A I got to say, you know, we've given 3A some some heat over the years, but it's looking pretty interesting. <laughs> the, the, the top of 3A especially. Yeah. I mean, I, I really like the, you know, when you, like you said, when you have that type of returning talent to teams that did some big things last year, I mean, that's just, it bodes well for, for this season. It is not, you know, locally though, I will say 3A is not real exciting. Um, most of it's, I guess the Super 25 is very heavy, 4A. Uh, Simeon is 3A, Mount Carmel is 3A, and St. Ignatius is 3A. You know, after that, and, and we should point out that St. Rita should is naturally 3A. They're one of the few teams that is playing up in 4A. So credit, I wrote that today in my story. It's coming out tomorrow, but credit Roshan Rush, uh, Russell for that. I mean, we I mean, how many times do we ask Morgan Park, you know, if they were going to play up after winning all those titles? You know, Simeon has decided not to play up. So 3A could be even more loaded statewide. But, yeah, locally, there isn't a ton of right. um, ton of juice in that. All right. Um, well, that's fun. I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to see Metamora next week in, Champ- or in Washington. Looking forward to that again. And it sounds like Moline's going to be around plenty. I'm not sure when I see Sacred Heart Griffin. But, uh, oh, I'm also going to see Moline in um washington and i think i might actually cover those games does that sound crazy no i mean we just pumped them up <laughs> all right uh, it's funny because i have so much energy now i'm gonna cover all these games joe <laughs> we get to next week i'll be doing football all area picking all these i'll be exhausted just from driving but yeah. anyway um all right uh next storyline and i don't know if this is harsh or not but i i titled it can the Chicago Catholic League win something? <laughs> Which, a, little, a little harsh. Yeah. I mean, I think it's well documented their state tournament, you know, drought, at least in the big schools. And, and frankly, all of the recent titles were schools that no longer exist, um, basically, with, you know, the hails. I mean, yeah. I mean, DePaul's made a dent in, you know, 2A uh, and 3A. I mean, they made a trip in 3A. Um, and, and they won the Chipotle Classic. The, and yeah, they did win yeah. something. See, so yeah, I think that's like I think that's the top thing. They were stars of the COVID season. Yeah. Also, but they are a small school, um, for the most part. Um, but anyway. yeah, but your point is is you know I don't know I I did a piece in the off season just kind of highlighting that they've never had been in such position in terms of not just their quality you know, what they're going to do state tournament during the season, big win, but the talent level, yeah. which should obviously translate to winning something, which I think will happen. I, I The talent level, Mike, is, is is as good. And I remember Tom Levitino, Lyle, in that story, as quoted that the, in his time, the Catholic League has never been in better shape, never been stronger. Yeah. And, and I, I believe, I agree with that. I mean, from t- there's depth. There's not just one or two teams. There, it goes pretty deep. I can't off the top of my head remember how many teams are in your top 25. Uh, but you know, Mount Carmel, Brother Rice, St. Rita, uh, Ignatius, 
you know, uh, DePaul and Lyola are just on the outside looking in. So I, yeah, I, that, that's why it's a good question. This is, and that's why it, you would think this is the year it's going to happen because these are senior led teams too. This isn't, you know, a growth year for Ignatius, Brother Rice, and Mount Carmel. This is the year. Yeah, I, I, I think the Catholic League basketball is in my years of covering it, which my city suburban hoops report dates to the mid nineties. I, I think they're in the best shape as well in, in that entire. I mean, when has the Catholic league had such a presence as they do right now? It hasn't, but I realized we did. I did forget something. Four uh, classes or no, because in my mind, they're always an East suburban Catholic team, but they, they switched. Who? Oh, St. Joe's. Wait. Oh, St. Joe's. They won state. Yeah. Correct. But, the doors are closed. But again, they're gone. Yes. <laughs> you know, maybe that's the problem. Everyone's afraid if they win a state championship. Hails. <laughs> they'll close. <laughs> yes. It's a horrible what Seton. Uh yeah, it's yeah. Wow, that's a weird trend, huh? huh. What what is Hales? Uh they? they they host things at their football field. All right. But they're gone. Yeah, I don't know what it is. It's it's kind of right. still used as a facility outside at least, but well, and the other thing t- to win something again, that could be eye the beholder of what that means. Sectionals, Christmas tournaments, whatever. I, I'm kind of in this sense, just saying big, big games. It, it, the Catholic league has a lot of opportunities to do that this year. The schedules have branched out. Uh, they've ramped up, you know, their scheduling for sure. Uh, you know, look at St. Rita. The, the opportunities they're going to have to show and pump their chest, take Catholic League power. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see that play out. Yeah, To me, it means winning state or winning a major holiday tournament. So yeah. Those, those I, are the big things, which Mount Carmel won peak in last year. I mean, those are the biggest, you know, did you say win state? Yeah. Yeah. But they can have some success without winning they state. Can, I don't know. There's four state titles every year. I mean, go win one. You got teams in state Tyler or bust Catholic League for for Mike O'Brien. Well, I mean, it's a whole league. (laughs) I mean, yeah, go get one. It's been a while. I mean, anyway, but I think this is the year that we we could see that happen. I mean, I I don't think it's out of the question to see one of those teams do it. I'm calling St. Rita State Champs 2024. (laughs) I mean, that's pretty. I mean, who knows? Yeah, it's. Uh, you know, that'll probably go right into our next <laughs> storyline oh, yeah. because I'd stop making predictions for next year. Um, I had a couple readers, uh, sorry, listeners, uh, a couple guys reach out to me and mention that they were about all the transfers in the last episode. And basically like every team we talked about, it wasn't one guy. Often it wasn't two guys. <laughs> and I've, it was a been a problem with me writing the preseason previews. Because I, it seems like I just list all the transfers for each team, and there's nothing, there's no room left to say anything. I got like a tight 1,200 word limit for the newspaper for the top 25 spread, and I could spend all of that just listing transfers <laughs> and never say anything else. So it's it, it's troublesome. Um, I, I don't know. I know people get upset about it. I think less than before, but like the IHSA, it, it's just everybody's eligible basically. Yeah, it's too hard. I mean, there's too many. There's too many avenues to use to become eligible. It's I used to be get more bent out of shape about it probably 10 years ago, even though it was really 
I mean, it's more so now, but there were still a lot of high-profile transfers 25 years ago, 20 years ago, nowhere near what we have now. But you look at that top 10, Mike, I think you and I went through it, and I think there's two teams that we couldn't identify a for-sure transfer. Uh, it should be a good trivia question for our listeners. <laughs> yeah. uh, give you five seconds to try to come up with it, listeners, uh, of the top 10. But Rolling Meadows and St. Ignatius are the only two we could not come up with. And like you said, multiple, multiple transfers on these teams. Uh, some this year, some, you know, been there for a couple years or a year. So it is, it's just, that's just taken over college basketball in a way that doesn't even, you can't even recognize the sport compared to 10 years ago. And high school basketball is not at that point, but man, is it, it it's gotten just rampant. I, I mean, the numbers are, I mean, for Simeon, it's four of their starters. I mean, that's wild. For St. Rita, it's at least two, maybe three with Melvin Bell out. Um, well, one of the teams that have added the piece, you know, we talked about it last week. You know, I mentioned Joliet West. What do they need? What do they need more than anything? A big. A big. What do they get? Another one still. Yeah, they got what? a big. They yeah. got a big After in the transfer portal. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's, so it's wild. But yeah, the top team, I mean, Kenwood, I mean, what is that number? I can't even count that high. Wow. One, two, three, four, five. I mean, Riddle was there, but it's at least four of their starters. Actually, you know, it doesn't have very many. Who, you know, an underrated Whitney Young has not been as heavy in the transfers as a lot of people think they are though if you really look at the history of Whitney Young I mean there's been some big ones don't get me wrong but who who's transferred there on this group yeah Daniel Johnson yeah and the Richardson kid from Kenwood's I don't know how big of a role he's gonna play the sophomore um but Pegram has always been there and and Dalen Davis started there right um yeah I mean as far as the top (laughs) <laughs> I mean, the top five, out of the top five, yeah, they probably have the least amount of, uh, yeah, I don't know, it, with the top three, it, it's it's wild. I mean, it's... Well, and, and just, you, you've, well, both of us have written stories over the years about the, I don't know, I mean, Glenbard West, and they had that community thing, but they had transfers. Yeah. I mean, like, marquee, big, game-changing transfers. So I mean, Moline's built with a big transfer, you know, it, it, it happens yeah. everywhere. It's just a thing, but I mean, yes, I think the listeners were right to point out. It is a lot more than usual. That, that's true. There's no, that's just a fact. Um, no, it's, 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 it's basketball reasons. It's AAU. It's, it's all of it. So you, 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 you know, there's, yeah, it, it's just <laughs> what it is. <laughs> Yesterday I was at St. Rita and uh, it's stuck into a noise and and, you know, I'm always talking to kids about their transfer and, um, you know, I don't ask them why they transferred or anything, get them in trouble, but you know, what's the difference between being here and there and blah, blah, blah. And he's one of the few kids ever in 20 years who the first thing he mentioned was that he's enjoying St. Rita's smaller, uh, learning environment. <laughs> I was like, wow, <laughs> look at that. 
Yeah, it was. Uh, I didn't put it in the story. I cut that out because I didn't think anybody really cared. But I, I cared, and I thought that was interesting. That you should have put that in. That'd be the eye opener. <laughs> Maybe I'll save it for later. But yeah, that was the first. That was literally the first thing he said about the transfer. Uh, wasn't basketball. It was. Uh, we're sitting there in the gym, and he's in his practice uniform, and he was thinking about how much he'd been enjoying his first few months of a smaller learning environment. And I thought that was unique. But uh, <laughs> all right. Next up, uh, let's see, what's their other... Uh, oh, boy, I forgot the one everybody wants to talk about constantly. Uh, the arrival, the much ballyhooed arrival in Illinois, in our borders, on our, the shores of Lake Michigan, of a high school basketball shot clock. Are you ready, Joe? Yeah, I'm more than ready. I mean, I think, <laughs> so, I think some people are... Con- the origin of the or our podcast name wasn't necessarily it wasn't at all because we didn't yeah, yeah, yeah because about not having a shot clock like i'm i want the shot clock i like the shot clock i mike and i have had conversations i think we differ on the impact of the shot clock mike says very little just based on his <laughs> stop watching shot, shot clock in his head <laughs> yeah uh where i i look at a lot of the value of end of shot clocks on a sideline out of bounds, you know, four seconds left where I'm not a big NBA guy actually, but you know, those are some of the stuff you get the X's and O's of the shot clock. And, and and my biggest thing without question is the situational stuff. I cannot stand the seven point lead with two and a half minutes left. Not specifically, but I mean, that, that, that general gray area of, of of finishing a basketball game where the floor is spread and, and and there is constant fouling just to get back that possession. And, and you know, you got to start game managing at the end with the shot clock and, hey, how many times, how many stops can we get before we have to start fouling? So that part to me is going to be the most refreshing part of seeing the shot clock. I don't think we're necessarily going to see all of it come together this year because it's going to take coaches and teams and players to adjust and gravitate towards those situational basketball at the end of games but i am excited about seeing it play out it's funny i think there's a fine line i don't for for this season as long as mike it doesn't count in the state tournament and not being used which is not i don't want too much of it <laughs> if that makes any sense you know i i still want to see what high level basketball will look like in March during the regular season. But I still want a little sample and a little taste of that shot clock. Well, you are going to get it, but yeah, it's going to be, that is going to be interesting. If we do wind up with a lot of the high profile games with the shot clock to all of a sudden be switching for state. Yeah. That'll definitely be odd. Um, yeah, I, I'm all for uh, that following at the end of the game is the deadline killer <laughs> for somebody who's on a deadline. I'm all for a faster game, no doubt about it. Uh, but yeah, I don't know how much we'll see it until the end game stuff. Um, I'm going to get a look at it in Washington right away. Um, they, they will not have it for young Kenwood. At least it's not on. I don't that's not a shootout. So I don't think they can have it. Technically. Well, I, yeah, probably not. Right. So I don't think it's um, possible. But uh, looking at just the early um, events, there is, uh, I don't know what the Bob 
Kieran's Thanksgiving tournament in Newton is, if that's boys or girls. Oh, it's, oh, I'm an idiot. It says right here on the list that it's boys. Okay. <laughs> so the Bob Kieran's Thanksgiving tournament in Newton, the uh, Ron Johnson, the tournament in St. Charles East is going to have it. Uh, the uh, Windmill Classic in Batavia Thanksgiving tournament is going to have it. They're going to have it in Washington, as I said. And that's all we've got down for November uh, right now in this the IHSA has it right on their website, approved events. This is the list. Now, this has been updated regularly, so we'll see if somebody else gets added over the weekend, but that means, like, right now, it's not in the um, Chicago Heights Classic, which probably our highest profile local, right? Right. Um, yeah, I, like I said, I, I I don't want it all to be shot clock. Yeah. It's weird. Well, you've got your wish, and then there's nothing till um, December 17th on this list with a shot clock. So... I don't know what's going to go on with the Chicago League Classic. Obviously, Tyron Slaughter's been a big proponent, but they're not on this list yet. So, yeah, I, I, I mean, I've talked to a number of events, a number of different, including my own, uh, when sides collide, and a lot of them are not on that list. That play, they, I know they have to be approved and put towards the IHSA. Uh, I think there's going to be more. There's a couple other shootouts that I'm aware of that they fully attend, and they just aren't not on that list yet. But um yeah, it'll be yeah, t- oh, the other one yeah um the team rose is not on here yet so that's um interesting yeah, anyway we'll see how that goes there are some really big ones on here hinsdale central's on here Pekin, uh the dayton tournament the steve pappas shootout at DePaul is on here um batavia shootout bank of o'fallon shootout you know the big one down south so yeah it's going to be a lot of big events it's going to be interesting to see um i think you know in retrospect this seems like a decent move by the IHSA. You oh, think? I think I think it's yeah. a terrific move to get our feet wet. Uh, you know, oh, yeah, without it. question. Yeah, okay. And and it's going to be the, the the trickiest part, Mike. Is and we've talked about it in the past. And it's even you know when when you when you put together and run an event, who do you get to run the shot clock when there's you know what I mean? There's there's just yeah. not like guys. There's not people growing on trees that, with shot clock experience and you know, the training and, and the experience of doing it. And there's going to be some hiccups. You really hope my fear is a big, huge game being all jacked up at the end of a game because of a shot clock ruling <laughs> that, that that would suck. And I, and I wouldn't be stunned if it happened. I don't have the, uh, po- there's a PowerPoint you can read or look at on the IHSA website. Also, if you really want to get into the shot clock and I, I don't remember the exact wording, but according to that, I went through the whole thing one day in the middle of the summer. <laughs> and uh, if there is a malfunction at the, the first malfunction, the first problem, it's done for the game. It's out. So there's no working on it. There's no trying to fix it. There's no whoopsie. You're done for the game if something goes wrong. Um, you mean like mechanically? Uh, you if know, the, it, if the guy screws up on the shot clock, Hey, you you reset it. It wasn't supposed to be reset. We're done. Yeah. Well, you know what that kid, you know what that person's going to (laughs) say? That it was the shot clock. (laughs) Yeah. And then the game will be, that'll be gone. They'll immediately blame the equipment. Trust me. (laughs) Um, But yeah, yeah, I do believe they mean the equipment, but that's, it's going to be the issue, you know, especially these new scoreboards. You're like, oh, Wi-Fi. Have you seen that? And the clocks don't work right. Oh, it's horrible. I, it was at a football game uh, in, in Nazareth. The clock, it, like, would sometimes it would jump three seconds, sometimes one, oh, four, five. It was insane. And I've seen that in basketball, too. I guess they're getting a Wi-Fi signal 
It's not actually the clock. You know what I'm? Oh, anyway, yeah. Well, I believe that my TV buffers and. Yeah, that's going to be a whole mess with the new ones. But anyway, um, that's enough shot clock. Uh, last uh, storyline here, because we don't got much time left. Uh, St. Rita, national rankings. You know, I, I didn't actually dive totally in. I know they're in at least two, I believe. Um, is this a nationally ranked team, Joe? They're not our number one for either one of us. Are they going to be able to live up to this hype at that level, not just at our state level? What do you think? Um, you're, you're talking to the wrong guy about national rankings. I you hate don't have them. them taped up in your office. <laughs> I cannot stand national rankings. If you're not going to play, it's just, I don't know. It's, it, I guess it's fun to say you're nationally ranked. There's not a tournament. There's not a, there is a tournament. There's well, a, you know what I mean? Yeah. There's, there's plenty of teams that are ranked that aren't in that tournament. Robert and Smith is upset he can't play in that tournament. Yeah. So I, I, are they a national ranked team? I don't know. I have, I mean, I mean, if they're then Simeon should be, and there's been a lot better Simeon teams than this one that did not live up to being a national ranked team. It's your okay. I get your point. You know, I but I kind of get it. I mean, when you look at they've got St. Rita has three top 100 juniors. They've got a top 100 sophomore, which is why they should be in the national rankings because that's all yeah, they care about. Exactly. So I, mean, I get. I mean, that. And you look at Simeon; they don't have that. So, I mean, you would have never have you. You had Glenbard West won in the preseason last year. They wouldn't have the, a national ranking preseason. No. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, they wouldn't. Have, I mean, I don't think it's, but I, I'm sure. I think we both agree that St. Rita could easily be number one all year in a week. Wait, they could be number one all For year. Us, yeah, in a like you mean take a, over number one and never leave. Yeah, next week and never lose. Yeah, I would be shocked. See, I think the potential. I mean, see, I wouldn't be shocked. I think the potential is that high with them. Not, I mean, you're saying they're not going to lose more than one or one game or two games all year. But uh, just losing might not knock them out of the number one spot. You know, it's not going to be a year. But, but I mean, but I mean more. Yeah, I, I'm just saying I can see them going for the next two years, spending eighty to ninety percent of the next two seasons as number one. Oh, next year I'm hundred percent on board. But you don't think this year? I. I no, wire to wire for the most part, no. Ooh, okay. I just that Catholic man, it's yeah. too tough. Maybe it's because I was just there <laughs> looking at Marez Johnson and James Brown. Oh, that, that 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 it was it was like whoa, <laughs> these guys look pretty good. Well, and the other yeah. thing, Melvin Bell is a huge piece yeah. of that team. That's another factor. I mean, Melvin Bell's special, Mike. I mean, that, that's a. I don't care how young he is, that is a big time talent. Uh, who adds a ton of versatility on the perimeter for them. And hit, yeah, you know, it sounds positive around him, though. It sounds like, uh, you know, what they were telling me, they just don't want to rush him. You yeah. know, that, that he's going to be, he'll be fine. He'll be back in probably January. It sounds like it could be, you know, if, if I don't know, it was NBA finals, it could be sooner. But there's no reason to rush him. So it sounds positive there. Um, so that was good. And, and it's one of those things where I think it might give the new guys some nice opportunities. And they might wind up to be a much stronger team in January um, than maybe yeah. they would have been with him. But, yeah, I'm, I don't know. I'm pretty high. Anyway, uh, let, let's move along here. You know, I, I think we're going to have to go kind of quick, but uh, some yeah, sleeper we'll, teams. We'll, we'll zip through, yeah. yeah go I, I've got an article going on. Donald's Grove North. Keep an eye on Donald's Grove North. They are uh, Jake Reamer and, J and Jack Stanton are a one-two punch in the junior class. They got size. They got experience. 
they're going to be the best team, I think, in the West Suburban Silver. Uh, we'll talk Catholic League, Mike. I think DePaul and Loyola in the Catholic League are ones to watch. Uh, DePaul is going to be really young. Uh, but Julian McElroy is a six foot six big man uh, who who is one to watch in the junior class. Uh, Maurice Thomas is a legit scoring threat for them. Loyola, I like this backcourt. Miles Bolin and Alex Engro. Engro's a senior. Bolin's a junior. Uh, they are Loyola. It is <laughs> a team that's become a consistent twenty game winner. Glenbrook South lost a ton. But keep an eye on Glenbrook South and that oh, central suburban yeah. south. Um, RJ Davis, he's been around, he's been a veteran, a senior. Uh, he got a lot of big game experience for them. And then a couple of really kind of off the radar ones I'm gonna kind of close with. Well, one that's not off the radar, then the three that are off the radar. Riverside Brookfield. Uh they won 23 games last year in a regional title, graduated four starters. But they've reloaded. Will Gonzalez is, I think, is one of the breakout junior, uh, 6'4, 6'5. He moves into the point guard spot. Uh, Arius Aljoshis is one of the elite shooters. He's had a division two, uh, three point shooter, had a great summer. And then the big fella, 6'11, Stefan Sicic, or did I pronounce it right? Sisic? Uh, yeah, we, we don't know. We're not sure. We'll get back. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, he's one of the top 20 prospects in 2024. So Riverside Brookfield probably won't be there right out of the gate as a team that's close to last year, but they got a chance. And now these three, we don't talk a lot about teams in the Mid-Suburban League outside of Rolling Meadows so far. Palatine and Conan, they're going to be very good, very solid. Uh, Palatine, though, was hit with an injury. Grant Dursna, uh, football injury, he's out for at least a month or two, I think. And this is just a team, I think, that's got a lot of senior veterans that are going to surprise some people. And same with Conant. Conant is is a team that is – now, Mike, this Conant team, 12 months from now, they will be in your top 25. Ooh. They uh all young. They started a ton of sophomores last year. Uh, Camden Lathos is a 6'5 junior. He led them in scoring and rebounding all league. Uh, You know, he's a big-time weapon. So I, I just think this team with their youth is going to get better and better over the course of the year. And then an absolute no-namer, Grays Lake Central. Nice. On the Northern Lake County uh, Conference, uh, they won, I think they won 22, 23 games last year. Uh, I think they won a regional title as well. And they returned, you know, a, a catalyst at point guard. And, and Dennis Estep, he's a 6'1", average 10 and you know, led the team in steals, assists, Grays Lake Central, just, just one to keep an eye on. Yeah, two teams, real quick, I will also mention, I believe they were in your uh, most improved team stories, but they were teams that I kind of were interested in, was interested in last year, and I like the information I've heard of them this year, Lincoln Way East and Matea Valley. Um, yeah, a lot be, of people have been talking about Lincoln Way East. Yeah. Uh, you know, Lincoln Way East, and, you know, they had a tough goal of it last year, 11 and 17. Uh, but they but got they it. weren't uh, bad. I saw them a couple times. The record they were my deal. They were like De La Salle. <laughs> I was like, they're not that bad. But yeah, yeah. The well, uh, give me, yeah. give me a, give me a point guard. They they've got a good one on Caden Ross. So yeah, they could, they could be included in this this list I'm talking about right now as well. Um, yeah, it was a good story. Check that out. It's it's been on the website. I don't know, maybe two weeks now. Was it two weeks ago you wrote that, Joe? Um, that yeah. was the one with those two. But uh, upcoming will be the. 
the guys you talked about now. All right, let's take a quick look at the week ahead, the first week of the basketball season. And I, I just I called up Jack Gleason's website as Joe was going through those teams. And remember a few minutes ago when I said that the thing at DePaul wasn't a shootout? Oh, it is. Ken Ren Young? Maybe it is. <laughs> because on Jack's schedule, he has added a Hyde Park versus Lincoln Park at DePaul's McGrath um, Arena. So there's no times for that, but it looks... And who knows if they'll get a shot clock approved. I have no idea what's going on with that. Although, a shootout can't be on a college campus unless... If a high school coach... A high school runs yeah, it. So yeah. they're fine, yeah. yeah. Um, so I don't know. That's That'll be a, a decent game. But anyway, opening up Monday... Unfortunately, it's at 8 p.m. and not earlier, so I get it in the newspaper, but Kenwood versus Young. Oh, my gosh. Do you remember how that went last year, Joe? Do you remember all those quotes? Yeah. I mean, uh, I mean oh. <laughs> it's interesting that it's, yeah, just kicked off the season. That's know? a way to start the season. Tyrone Slaughter said it's not a rivalry because they've never, they never lose to him. So how can it be a rivalry? It was fantastic. <laughs> and then Mike Irvin said he'd never lose to him again. <laughs> so well, we're gonna and, find and, it real and, quick. <laughs> and Young will come in as a slight underdog. Yeah. So that's gonna be so uh, if Young if Young gets him. And ooh. and the best part is that might not even be the most intriguing coaching matchup of the opening night of the season. We've got Rich against Homewood Flossmore. Oh, they play the opener? Yes. Yeah. Which we haven't even gotten into the crazy coaching carousel. That probably should have been a storyline. That, I mean, that should have been a story. That should have been a storyline. Jimmy Rodriguez, I uh, mean, take, taking over, making the move from Rich to home at Flossmore after taking the job for just I don't know how many months. Um, a little while, yeah. But the, but the whole area had a coaching carousel. It wasn't even just <laughs> Rich and HF. Anyway, uh, Lou Adams, for those who don't know, is at Rich. It's Rich Township now. You know the consolidated Rich schools. So that's going to be a fascinating game. Uh, Fantastic start to the season in the south suburbs and the city. Tuesday, uh, Hyde Park apparently has quite a schedule to start the season. They're going to play North Lawndale on Tuesday at Collins. Uh, that should be a good one. Wednesday is the always great. Um, I'm not going to be there. I'm kind of upset about it. It, it. I really enjoy the Marian Catholic versus HF game on Thanksgiving Eve at Marian Catholic. That's a nice tradition. Uh, I used to always go. That will not be the case this year because that is Joliet West St. Rita that we talked about. It's going to be a heck of a game. It's at 6 p.m. in Washington. We got a lot of good local teams um, in Washington. I'll be down there getting all the coverage I can to everybody from that. Um, any other, uh, you know, I'm pretty out of the loop on Friday. Most of those games are still to be scheduled, you know, based on the tournament results. And I will be in Champaign, but well, I love as, this. Uh, as of this recording, I have not even checked a schedule. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Joe hates Thanksgiving hoops. We know that. <laughs> hates, hates hates a strong word. Yeah, dislike. <laughs> well, it, it's we're going in with a bang again. I'm happy about this. Uh, I know Tyron Slaughter's been responsible, I think, for it both times now. Um, and it's great to go into the season with a huge matchup. It's just good for the area. And, Why does uh, it start at eight? I have no idea, just to no, keep it out of the game. newspaper. <laughs> well, but there is a game before it. That's right. I forgot. Oh, there is I, now. Before they on their on the thing Kenwood tweeted out, they said it was the JV game before. So, uh, the first, the first time I had heard, and I can't remember the two schools. I think some, they were North, North Side schools, or I can't remember now. But. I don't know. Anyway, it's uh, next time we talk, we're gonna have actual basketball to talk about. I will have Juliet West opinions, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> the next time we talk, shocker! I'll be ready. <laughs> but, uh, All right. 
Thanks for listening, everybody. And enjoy the first week of the season. Enjoy being back in the gyms. And I'll be back at you next week.